Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha's Tazria Mitzorah. We're going to talk about two main thoughts about Saras, which encompasses both the Parshios. Um, and the first thing is just the Ramban's famous Shita, which is actually uh, supported and agreed upon by the Rambam and the Kuzari, that basically Saras is not a physical malady. Saras is a spiritual malady. Um, there's been a lot of research about this concept, and let's talk a little bit about it. So uh, the Pasuk in Parak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Mem Zion says, So you have a garment that has Saras. And again, it, it, specifically here that the Ramban talks about um, how do you have a garment that has illness? I mean, we know there's such a thing as garments that have germs in them that could spread an illness, but an, but an illness itself, it's very interesting if it was a pathogen that it could actually destroy the garments as well. That's that's curious, and it's something that has been discussed at length by scientists and, of course, Torah scholars, most importantly, and Chazal. So the Ramban says that this is not a natural malady at all, and it wasn't something that was around in the world. And Nige Batim and clothing, and even on human beings, was only something that when the Jews were shlamim with Hashem, when the Jews were in a place of working on their spiritual greatness, and the Ruach Hashem was upon them at all times, that if they did certain averis, and the Gemara in Erechen and multiple other places tells us that it wasn't just a uh, lush and hard that brought Saras. There's many others. The Gemara gives seven other reasons, and there's many other Madrashim that discuss that for Gezel and Arias and other sins and lying sheker that cause uh, Saras to appear. But of course, the most famous one is Lashon Hara, uh, the fighting among people and saying negative things about others. So then their bodies and their clothing and their and their houses would have been inflicted with Saras as a way to remind themselves of their spiritual deficits. One of the purposes of going to the Kohen and not to the doctor was because the Kohen would tell you the spiritual malady that you had that was, that was causing the Saras so that you could work on yourself. So this is a very famous opinion that, again, the Rambam in the end of Hilchus Tumas Saras basically says this in the Kuzari, Chelik Beis, uh, Samach Beis on Alf says this as well. So there's a number of people that talk about this concept. Um, and and the, the Ramban says also that's why a lot of the Psukim talk about how God brings Saras upon a person, because, again, it's a spiritual malady. Uh, Rav Shimon Schwab has a very famous shtickle where he talks about that uh, three proofs, and again, Rosh Hashanah Hirsch also developed this, and he develops it a little bit further, um, Rosh Schwab, um, where basically there's three big proofs that Saras is not what we call um, leprosy, as many of the uh, older translations try to kind of give it that meaning, because it was a pathogen that sort of appeared as white and sort of took over the body, etc. Um, so basically, uh, one of them is that there's a halacha that says that during during the time of Ola Regal, one does not the Kohen does not check someone to declare him tummy with Taras. So if you think about it, if it's this contagious malady, then why in the world are you not checking him out? He's going to be around people. There's going to be thousands and maybe even millions of Jews that are coming to be Ola Regal three times a year for Pesach, Sukkot, and Shavuos. And if he has this horrible illness, why don't you check him out? And so therefore, it must be if, if a Torah and Chazal say that that's not a time to check out the Taras, then obviously it's not a contagious item. The second thing is that Hassan and Kala are not checked for Tsaras, the Mishnah Nagan tells us. So once again, these are two people that are getting married and they're going to be exposed to each other. If it's a uh, dangerous malady, then we should not expose them uh, to each other. 
Um, and thirdly, the, the most compelling proof that Rosh Hashanah says is that if Kulo Hafach Lavan, if your entire body is covered from head to toe with Tzoraz, you're Tahar, uh, which the, the, the Mepharshim and the Bali Musar explain that it's because you're uh, hopelessly not taking care of your spiritual malady. So Hashem says, all right, just forget it. Obviously, you're not willing to work on yourself if you're totally filled with Tzoraz from head to toe. And so he's Tahar. So says Rosh Hashanah and, and then Rosh brings this down, in Mayan Beis Hashueva, that this is my proof that it's not a physical um, malady. However, he brings down that it's very interesting that the Haftorah for Parshas Mitzorah is a story about Gehazi and his sons that got Naaman's Tsaras. And he brings proofs that that perhaps this was a physical leprosy and it was not just a spiritual leprosy. Um, and that perhaps there is such a concept of physical leprosy that people do to get. Now, there is a journal of medicine that does try to prove that psoriasis is actually what Saras is, and the two sound alike. And this is not to say that if you know anyone that has uh, leprosy, or you know anyone, God forbid, that has psoriasis, that they're bad people that they spoke Lashon Hara. Because again, this is just an ailment. And there's many other lists of different things that might possibly be Saras. But none- nonetheless, most of the Rishonim say that it was a spiritual malady, and it was not physically induced at all. It was a spiritual malady that told the person they needed to uh, work on themselves and fix fix their meters. Uh, so that's just important things to think about. My second thought is to um, actually share with you what I believe is, is a fundamental of medicine. Right? We know that the Ramban and the Rambam were doctors. The Ramban was a probably a OB, uh, dealt with uh, delivering uh, babies. Uh, we know this from a number of letters from um, his cousin, Rabbeinu Yonah, who actually chastises him for giving birth to uh, non-Jewish babies. And the Ramban, of course, argues with him and says that it's perfectly permitted, and the Minag is and still is that, of course, we take care of uh, anyone in need as a doctor, and uh, they will take care of us when, we're, when we come to them in need as well. And that's the Allah that Ramosha Feinstein has a famous shuva about this as well, that's Salah responding on Shabbos to a non-Jew, etc. So, they dark is Shalom, it's perfectly allowed, but either way, the Ramban um, was an OB, and um, what I wanted to talk about is what is considered actually some of the most ancient aspects of medicine. They were very holistic back then, and they believed in the four humors. It's called humorism, or some people call it humoralism. It was a system of medicine that basically broke up the human body into four humors or bodily fluids. And it came from the ancient Greeks and the Roman physicians and philosophers, because the two were related, just like the Rambam himself was a great philosopher. Um, and basically, it meant that a excess or a deficiency of any of the four uh, humors directly influenced your temperament and your health. And there's just some fascinating things. So uh, first we'll explain this, and then we'll come back to the Ramban, who basically gives a medical description of Taras, which I find very, very fascinating. But first, let's talk about it. So the, the four humors are of Hippocratic medicine are black bile, or it's known as Mara Shechura, which basically translates as depression. And of course, bile is a chemical in the gallbladder. And um, in, in Greek, it's actually called melancholy. So that's where melancholy, which is basically depression, comes from. Um, the next one is yellow bile, which we'll talk about a little more what that is, and that's kali. And then there's phlegm, which in Greek is phlegma. <laughs> okay, that's why it's spelled so weird, phlegma. And then there's blood, uh, which is haima, which is in Greek, which might come from the word chaim, life. Either way, I don't know. So each one corresponds to four temperaments. Um, and this is very interesting. So the humorous system of medicine um, was something that was very individualistic because every client, every patient that was seen had their own unique uh, humoral composition, and therefore the doctor had to assess what was going wrong, where you had excess, where you had too much. And the Rishonim talk about this as well. Very fascinating. 
uh, Rabbeinu Bechaya as well. We talked about last week about uh, certain fish and what they do to a person, um, that perhaps eating fish is damaging to certain people or eating uh, fish and meat together might impact the humors. And uh, that that's why it was something that might have been considered dangerous or perhaps eating fish with cheese, which is a homachogus, whether there's an iser or not, whether it's a printing mistake in the Shulchan Aruch or not. But either way, we're not going to go into the halachic part, but there's some fascinating things. And so basically from the time of, um, of the Hippocratic medicine became famous, uh, the humoral theory was basically adopted by Greek, Roman, and Islamic physicians. And it became the most commonly known view until even reaching down to the European physicians, uh, until the modern medical research in the 19th century changed that. So until the late 1800s, this was the number one system. It was very holistic. So let's let's talk a little bit about it. So the, basically the theory says that there's four basic substances in the body, and they're, balance, they're in balance when a person's healthy, but diseases and problems come from a result of excess or a deficit in one of the four humors or more, or a corruption in one of those. And um, this is because of things that you inhaled or absorbed in your body. And like I said, it's black bile, yellow bile, phlegm, and blood. So let's explain a little bit more. Um, the theory was developed very much so over hundreds of years to even include this concept that it represents the four elements of earth, fire, water, and air. And earth is the black bile, so it's lowliness and depression. Fire is a yellow bile, so there's vitality and perhaps anger there. Water is phlegm, and that all the four elements are, pre are present in the blood itself. Um, and that is that is one concept. Um, there's many other theories as well. They correspond to spring, summer, autumn, and winter, and different organs. The, the blood is, corresponds to the liver, and yellow bile corresponds to the spleen, and black bile is the gallbladder, and phlegm and water uh, refers to the brain. And there's many, many, many qualities about what's moist and what's warm and what's dry and cold and, um, you know, what the temperaments are. So let's go through this, basically. If you have too much uh, yellow bile, then you were said to have been aggressive and very angry. If you have too much black bile, you were said to be uh, depressed. If you had too much phlegm, then you were phlegmatic, then you were apathetic, um, which is phlegmatic, sort of. And uh, again, there's... Uh, even research papers written in the early 1900s that, that discuss these ideas. And it's a, in some, apparently in some medical schools, it's still taught. So these are some very, very fascinating things. Um, Robin Fares, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, in 1921, he was a Swedish physician. Um, so he suggested that the four humors were, were made up based on the fact that they observed blood clotting um, in a transparent container. Basically what happens is when you take the blood and you draw it in a glass container and it's left untouched for about an hour, you get four different layers of color. So there's a dark clot that forms at the bottom. It's called black bile. Uh, that, that would have been called maybe perhaps black bile. And then above the clot is a layer of red blood, which is the blood itself. And above that is a whitish layer, which might have been the phlegm. And the top layer is a clear yellow, which might have been the yellow bile. So again, um, you know, Hippocrates is the one usually credited to applying this to medicine. But again, it was a very holistic way of looking at things. And uh, allegedly he even wrote about this. Health is primarily the state in which these constituent substances are in their correct proposition to each other, both in strength and quantity, as well as uh, well mixed. Pain occurs when one of the substances presents either in deficiency or in excess, or is separated in the body and not mixed with the others. And this is what we have a uh, really, really fascinating idea about temperaments and um, what fever is and how these things work and how, and how people were cured, so to speak. And again, there's hot, dry, wet, and cold, which we'll talk about a little bit um, when we look at this Ramban. So it says the Ramban, what is Tsaras? And again, he's trying to give, obviously the Torah tells us what it is, but the Ramban wants to also give us a 
medical understanding of how the Torah and medicine overlap. In Perak Yud Gimel, Pasuk Beis, on bo- the Pasuk says, Se'es o sapachas o baheres. If you have on your skin a Se'es, Sapachas or Baharis. So first the Ramban quotes Rashi. Shemos they're just the names of, I'm going to read the English. Uh, they are just names of Tsaras, and um, one is whiter than the next. That's what Rashi says. And then the Ramban quotes the Eben Ezra about the etymology of these names. So he says, Avram Eben Ezra says that Se'es is a term that means burning, like we find in the Pasuk, the blaze must ace, the blaze began. And David by Yisa'im, David burnt them. Okay? And it could be that this is called that because the um, fire is called masase because it means to go upward. Nasa was to lift up because that's the nature of fire, to rise upward. So it's a burning, raise, rising sensation. Sapachas is safachtina. Um, it means to attach me. So that's what safachas means. It's a, a form of attachment. So it's a sickness that... Um, coalesces in one particular area. And Baharis comes from the word Bahir uh, So it means that it's bright in the sky. So it looks like a, it makes a mark and a sign on me. And so therefore, says the Ramban, he says, I, I suggest, remember the Ramban was a doctor, I suggest that Se'es uh, is a nega that would correspond to burning yellow bile. So Se'es would be from Mora Yuroka, Hanisrefes, which burns. And Baharis would come from Lecha Levana, which would come from white, white humor. So that's what Baharis would mean. And Safachas would be something that comes from both, compounded from both these two things. And he says, our rabbis, they said a different thing. They said, Se'es is Lashon Gavoah. They had different translations, but the two might be able to be reconciled. You could take a look at the Ramban there. Very fascinating ideas. Um, so these, these are just different ideas when we learn through Chumash. Everything's here. This is a medical history of the world of how things looked at you know and how things look back then in, in, in the medical field in the 1100s late 1100s and what we see is that the torah is timeless the torah corresponds to medical terms and the torah understands medicine the torah is the source of all chachma everything comes from there and um when we think about this it's just an amazing thing to go through the parshios of taras and to understand that first of all it's a message that hashem is trying to give us but more than that, as well, the, one of the lessons behind it is that Hashem is watching everything that happens and keeping track of us. And it's just so fascinating to see how, how the Ramban's medical knowledge enhanced his Torah knowledge as well. We should be zochet to connect with the Torah and the lessons. The Torah has um, explicit lessons to teach us as well about the laws, how to serve Hashem, and about how to have good midos, and then the more esoteric and hidden part that we could study and then appreciate is, of course, the parts that teach us about the beauty and the greatness of Torah and how much Torah uh, dictates uh, the world and the entire existence. Gracious, we feel a Torah is gracious. That's the entire purpose of the world. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.